You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by my co-host Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Guys are coming back off of a few disastrous games um, from not only a you know outlook on the outcome of the game, but also just the outlook on the NHL a PR disaster. AHL, ECHL guys getting called up. It's been a real shitstorm, not just in Montreal, but across the entire NHL this past week and a half or so. Uh, but before we get into that, Corey, how you been, buddy? It's been a few days since we last talked. So I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm doing real good. My wife's finally uh, back to work. She's feeling better. Just I got one more day of brutal work shit. Uh, the Saint season is over as far as home games. Uh, I just got home from that. Uh, I can breathe easier. There's no more, uh, no more midweek or Sunday work unless I want to work it. So that's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing feeling. It's the time of the year when we can actually plan stuff, me and my cousin, like um, perhaps going to a hockey game if things start to calm down, um, hopefully around Marches, Marchich, March is it. Uh, fuck it. Around March, uh, I, <laughs> if things are calmed down, it'd be awesome. Uh, but I'm doing okay, man. Uh, it's getting it's getting cold down here. I know that that's funny to you. Uh, I'm starting to get a bit of a Louisiana chill, which right now, Mason, it is a beautiful 46 degrees outside, um, which is perfect for me. Problem is, is I'm learning to live life with a bald head. So uh, I'm just going to have to start wearing a beanie or carrying my beanie around a little bit more. Uh, kind of caught me off guard. It's 41 degrees in Chalmette, Louisiana right now. Uh, wind is blowing very hard. We're going to be sitting in this type of weather uh, probably for the rest of the week, and I really enjoy that. I Yeah, five degrees is beautiful. <laughs> it's really nice. I'm not going to lie. It feels that's great. Like, that's sweater weather. I, I It's still shorts, shorts and a nice uh, short leave button up shirt for me but now i will just be including a beanie or a hat because uh bald head uh that's that's a new level like that the back of your neck whoo, when the fucking wind blows it's all new to me <laughs> <laughs> it's all new to me and it sucks i was like oh shit that's terrible yeah there's, not, there's no the... buffer between like it going down my shirt you know i don't have hair to do that anymore yeah, honestly, I've kind of been in my own little southern escape from the weather, uh, moving back down from Ottawa. So it's still cold here, though. So I'm not looking forward to moving back up <laughs> and, you know, that cold chill yeah. off the St. Lawrence. But moving to hockey, 
there's been another cold chill sweeping the NHL and that is COVID (laughs) and it's icy grip on our fucking society remains tight. And, you know, (sighs) teams are suffering. Uh, Montreal, I think in particular right now is being hit the hardest. Um, We, we talked in the past, how many guys are out while going into the Florida game, Montreal didn't have any players they left to recall. They had one person, I think it was Joel Teasdale, maybe. Mm-hmm. They had one guy left in the ECHL and the AHL who were signed to two-way deals. They've got no one. Montreal still entered that game with only 11 forwards and five defensemen, finished with nine forwards. Now... <laughs> Like, I get why the league wants to play games and they don't want to suspend, you know, the season and lose money, yada, yada, yada. But, oh, my God, is this embarrassing. Now, have I enjoyed watching those two? Corey, like, I didn't get to watch a lot of those two games because I had to sneak them on my break. I've worked for both of them. They were fun. Young guys playing hard, battling Mm -hmm. hard. What I've seen from Corey Shoneman has been awesome. What I've seen from Yelonen, I saw a brief little Cam Hillis pass to Pizzetta for the in-between-the-legs look. That was, <laughs> you know, that was electric. But it really does concern me. Like, you're having guys getting called up. Like, Brandon Baddock got called up for a game, and now he's in COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. Dominic Ducharme actually came out and said, now I'm par- paraphrasing the quote here, but he said it's in the room, like it's not external. Yeah, guys are getting it in the Habs locker room, and you know he was pressed as to okay why are they still playing, and his answer was kind of like ask Gary Bettman. You know, <laughs> we right. play, we're told to play, we're gonna play, and to me he sounded just kind of resigned to the fact they were gonna lose, mm-hmm. and he kind of just my opinion was that he sounded like he wanted to get that Florida game over with and get the fuck out of there. Right, considering they they had already uh, – we haven't talked about it yet, but the next – I believe it's four games, one, two, three, four. Yeah, the next four games are postponed all the way up to uh, – the next game we're going to play is Wednesday, January 12th against Boston. It's a shame because um, the Thursday game was going to be against the Leafs. Um, I was really excited to see this young team um, – you know, just get a chance to play against that, our biggest rivals. Um, but, man, I mean, we, we had <laughs> – this team's just – they're so beat up. Um, we come from the break from Christmas, lose three games in a row. Now, granted, like you said about the Hurricanes game, uh, someone had mentioned on Twitter, and I thought I thought it was really – I thought it was really well put, you know, this is a Hurricanes team that, that barely has any injuries or COVID – protocol members and the Montreal Canadiens um, youth played, you know, all, all lines against them um, and were able to not sustain them, but, but able to play a decent game against them. Um, unfortunately, the Hurricanes game was a fucking wash, a four, nothing, four, nothing loss. Um, every fucking goal came on some type of power play, three power play goals and a shorthanded goal. Uh, by Tivo Terabana, who ended up getting two goals that night. 
Um, and a Seth Jarvis girl goal. So fuck, even the youth scoring over there. But um, 28% on the faceoff. I mean, it's just a it was a it was a bad showing, but at the same time, I mean, you look at this fucking roster right now, and it's like it's just all the kids, you know, getting their first getting their first licks. And it was it was eventful to watch to see them get their first chances, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, dude, like we're going up against a team that has deep playoff hopes. Um really no the only scratch in the game was Brendan Smith, and we had like eight people in COVID protocol, which is a team that's got high hopes, and then us playing all the youth. So it was it was a bit it was a bit tough, but really good to see the kids finally getting a chance. Um, with all these kids getting a chance, though, it makes you feel me personally. It makes me feel bad, like a Victor Mete, uh, <laughs> would have just lasted one more season. Really could have had a great shot at you know showing his showing himself more on this team. I mean, the defense is David Savard, Kulak, and Romanov. You know, and then. Romy's out now too, right? Yeah, Romy's out now too, along with Jake Evans, with the other. <laughs> uh, I think we're at ten people on protocol. Even going, um, in, going into the Florida game, there were only three players dressed who played any sort of time in the Stanley Cup final. Jesus, there uh, a goalie coach to. is also in it too. So Nick Suzuki's last three games have been twenty-five minutes fifty-one seconds. 24 minutes, 43 seconds, and 23 minutes, 45 seconds. Those are defenseman numbers. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's ridiculous. And while I feel happy for guys like Brandon Baddock, who we're going to discuss a lot here because there was an incident with him being on the power play, uh, who are up there, I also – it does worry me because <clears> – <throat> Like it's a great opportunity, and I love love watching guys get their first shot at the show. But I'll actually give credit to my father here. He made a pretty keen observation. I think it should be noted. The league should be very careful with what they're doing here because they're forcing Montreal to bring up guys from the coast and the AHL who honestly never had a shot in hell making the NHL beforehand. Bryn Baddock wasn't going to be in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And do you really want one of those guys lining up against Connor McDavid? And God forbid, you <laughs> know, not his, not his fault. Yeah. But he can't, he, that guy can't skate with Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. That guy just wants to show that he can stay in the NHL. So he's going to lay the body out if McDavid gets around him. And yep. McDavid's gonna get around him. God forbid he injures McDavid or any any of the star players, you know, Matthews, Marner, Goudreau, Kyle Connor, any of those guys. If like if that happens, holy crap, are you in for a shit show? So I think the league has to be very careful here in allowing teams to do this. I think they need to just suck it up and start canceling games like you were very 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 willing to cancel the olympics and you claimed it was about player safety prove to us that you care about player safety 
because that Florida game didn't prove that to me. What we understand and what we heard from around the league was Montreal draws in a lot of fans in Florida. That's a lot of gate revenue. So that game wasn't getting canceled. And that's not what we want to hear. There, there are guys who, like Marco Rossi in Minnesota, developed a heart condition after he got COVID. Well, let's assume all the players are fine. A lot of those guys have families. They have young kids. Yep. And what it seems to me is that the NHL is treating this like chicken pox. And, Corey, I don't know if parents did this when you were a kid where one kid gets chicken pox and all the other kids go over so they can get it and get, you know, get yeah, chicken and get pox over with. Yeah, get it over with. Yeah, that's – this is – is this what the NHL's come to, uh, get COVID over with? Because – it, it, See that's that's it's just awful. It's stupid because it's like okay, get it over with. You can still get it again. You know, it's not a one and done deal like chicken pox. Well, and it can kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, fuck, dude. Like, I could finally do an ad read again. Like, you know, I'm still coughing, and it's been a month. You know, there's still residual. I still wake up, and when I wake up in the morning, I have to hit an inhaler or in worst cases have to do a breathing treatment. You know, I have, it, I have it pretty easy. You know, there's people that are having a lot more side effects from this than, than me. My sister couldn't smell a taste for fucking an extra. I think she said three months after she got it. Like these are all minimum to like someone like Rossi developing like a heart problem or, you know, someone that drastically loses lung, you know, lung pressure yeah, I like. Sorry, it's the water. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of issues. I think we we have that, and it just seems to me the league is being rather careless. The league and, is is all we just gonna finish out the season again. You know, it, it's back to that mindset. I mean, dude, take take some pride. <laughs> they're looking around at the other leagues, and they're like, oh, they're getting through it. Well, it's like the football's only got 17 weeks. You know. Basketball, I, I don't really follow it at all, even though I work those games. Um, well, it seems to me the U.S. is just kind of going up with a fuck it, we're going to pretend it's not their strategy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They uh, taking the right wing uh, mind style, mind frame of it. Like uh, if you've seen the movie Don't Look Up Yet with Leonardo DiCaprio about the, the comet that's going to destroy the earth and uh, Meryl Streep as the president with Jonah Hill as a son who's like the secretary of state. Is just like, uh, well, I got, I got, you know, uh, I got a new term up, update in three weeks. So if we talk about the world ending before that, uh, I'm going to lose points in my reelection. So they got six months and 14 days until the earth is destroyed. And they just threw away three weeks so she can get through the, the midterms or whatever. So it would look in her favor that they had discovered it on, you know, in a positive era of her re-election. Just dumb U.S. shit, you know? No, I just, yeah, it's interesting uh, to see how things are going down there. And with the way things are going up here north of the border, I'm really starting to wonder if the league has a season to finish because <clears throat> Canadian teams might not have a place to play. 
Quebec especially, Montreal is totally locked down. 10 p.m. curfew. The police are out there at 9.45 screaming at people to get home. Yeah, hopefully they're not shooting gas uh, gas bombs <clears throat> at, at the people like they did the mat. Yeah. Um, it's a different world we're living in still. Mm-hmm. And as much as you know, we want to pretend, at least I do, I want to pretend sometimes that COVID doesn't exist. Things are locking back up again. Uh, Ottawa very close to the border similar situation i wouldn't be surprised if at least you're locking it up i worked the sugar bowl yesterday um sixty thousand plus fans showed up for the baylor versus old miss football game no masks in sight everyone's coughing sneezing and spitting into trash cans um everyone's joking about having covid and it's a shame because they are enforcing all the all the employees have to wear a mask. And if you get caught without a mask, you're fired. You know, like like you're you're getting sent home and you're not coming back. There's no way in hell that they're bringing you back. But it's like we're we got to serve the masses who's laughing and trying to make jokes of it. Like uh, I heard today, I'm fucking fixing, fixing a keg at at the Superdome uh, for the Saints game. And the guy at the counter is like, yeah, I got COVID. I shouldn't be here. And the woman's like, are you serious? Like not taking it as a joke. Like they're fucking afraid. You know, we got to serve the public. They're afraid of it. And he's just laughing. And he's like pointing his friends. "Look, Look how scared they are. Are you fucking stupid? I know, you know, like this is a, a red, a red country for the most part, but fuck, man, like, are you something dumb? And that dude ended up getting pulled to the side, you know, by security. And, and they were like, show me your, your vax, you know, your vax, vaccination card or, or your fucking, you know, you still got to have the either a vaccination card or a three day, uh, no COVID shit. Um, but it, that's how the U.S. has taken it. It is now just a big-ass fucking joke. If you catch it, good luck to you. We'll see you back at work in five days where you can still pass it on to someone. Yeah, uh, that's what I think in terms of the league concerns me is that I really wonder how much more the Canadian government's going to take in terms of their athletes going to the U.S. and getting sick. And... It's not going to be a Toronto Raptors situation where teams play in -hmm. Buffalo or, you know, there's no other, there's not enough rinks to begin with. Yeah. And teams aren't going to do it. They're not going to let they're they're not going to lose the home games. They're not going to fucking do it. Mm -hmm. So the NHL, I really do believe is closer than people think to shutting down. (laughs) Like I don't for anyone who plays fantasy, it's a nightmare. It's worse than last year. And with guys going out with COVID and games getting postponed. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. I think this is just the beginning of something. But in terms of how it affects the Montreal Canadiens. If you're a Habs fan, you've got to be pissed watching all this shit go on. Mm-hmm. Because I said it how many weeks ago now, Corey? The worst thing that could happen for our rebuild is we lose this trade deadline. 
we lose the ability to trade Ben Sherratt at the peak of his worth. Yeah. You know, we, we need to trade some guys. We need to acquire draft picks. So it's, <laughs> it's a little stressful. I think watching this, you know, Montreal doesn't really have any eggs in the basket in terms of standings. Losing these games is fucking awesome. It's great for us. But I also, you know, the other hand, if you're a team in a playoff battle with the fucking Carolina Hurricanes and every point matters and they get to play us, <laughs> you know, I'd be a little mad if I was another fan of another team watching Carolina and, and Florida get awarded right. three points. <laughs> but it'll be, yeah, I, like I said, it'll be interesting to see where the NHL kind of goes, how they decide to tackle this. If I had to make a guess, I don't think they tackle it at all. I think they choose to <laughs> ignore the situation and hope yeah, they're it just going to let it rot and, until it it <clears> makes <throat> itself so apparent that needs something needs to happen. Then it then it happens. And if it, if it comes to that, uh, Gary Bettman is going to get run out of fucking town. No, I don't think so. You don't think that so? guy's made that guy works for the owners and people forget that works for the owners and the owners alone and he's made the owners a lot of money. A lot of money. Well, uh, before we move on past Florida, um, got a big topic to talk about. I know a lot of a lot of Habs fans are upset with it. Not, I mean, Cedric Paquette has been the the butt of a lot of jokes this fucking season. But uh, terrible, terrible injury happened uh, mid game. Sam Bennett comes down after Paquette picks the gets the puck up in front of uh, Montembeau and starts to try to head up ice and find a. Finally got to pass it to, and Sam Bennett just fucking <laughs> puts the shoulder down and just blows his fucking head back. Um, Puckhead hits the ice and just kind of curls up. I think, I think that's, I think David Savard tried to like, I think he ended up uh, fighting or something after it, or oh, it got it. Pizzetta. Um, yeah, it might have been Pizzetta. Yeah, Pizzetta. Because uh, he, I know Pizzetta fought. <clears throat> um, Radko Gudis, yeah, which is good on good on Pizzetta. First off, that dude's fucking he'll he'll do anything for this team. But um, I don't see Cedric Paquette playing hockey after this fucking season, not in the NHL. Um, and that's unfortunate. He had a good career, but it's just his time's done. And then this he he's constantly fucking hurt on COVID protocol. But Sam Bennett really probably just put the end to his fucking career. Um, it's unfortunate. I hope the best for Cedric Paquette. Um, but it's a crazy, it's a crazy hit. Uh, no penalty though. Blatant fucking, um, you know, targeting of the head. It's an illegal check, no penalty, which, you know, I don't think that we really had a, a, a big chance in this game. I mean, Jonathan Duran and Nick Suzuki's open it up for us. Um, which, I mean, that's enough to, to drive this team, you know, you two of your best fucking players finding finding a way to make it work um but they don't they don't call a penalty on it which is crazy i know a lot of people upset um i don't know if you've seen the hit um what you would think i think i mean any illegal check to the fucking head i think that's a game misconduct um and you're looking at you know a five minute a five minute penalty penalty uh i'm sorry power play um here's here's my whole problem with the entire situation okay mm mm-hmm the how many times have we seen back and forth between 
the NHL Department of Player Safety and the referees, where there'll be a call on the ice that is a five-minute major, game misconduct. Look, if there's a game misconduct, usually there are exceptions. Most of the time, there should probably be a suspension following that, right? Mm-hmm. And how many times have we seen the Department of Player Safety ignore it? And then the inverse of that is how many times have we seen stuff go non-penalized in a game to then receive supplemental discipline? And what this shows is to me is that there is no sense of accountability among any of the NHL's departments, <laughs> especially among those two. If the refs fuck up like that, I'm not saying refs aren't allowed to make mistakes. But a situation like that where <clears throat> there's a guy looking right at the play and it's not it's a free game suspension that's pretty significant from the mm-hmm. player safety where the fuck is the discipline for the referees are they not to be held accountable because after that there was fights and there was more head trauma caused and you your failure to call the game correctly led to Cedric Paquette being exposed like that. See, there should be something. You know what I'm saying, though? Like they should No, no, no. They should. Like, um, and then what, what kind of aggravates me is that, like, you know, how, how do they not see it? Like, they review it. How do they not see the same view that we see of it, if not a better view of it? Because they showed immediately a slowed down – version of the hit and it was a perfect angle like it was if he he could have angled himself and hit the 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 shoulder that was closer to him take more of a you know a body hit you know kind of lowered himself he had enough time to do it and he chose to go towards where the puck is on his far away shoulder and just blew the fucking face away now granted he yeah it after he you know after Pockett's head flies back, yeah, there's contact with the fucking other shoulder. But, you know, something was in front of that before it even got to that. And I, I just – I don't understand what they did not see in the replay while they were reviewing it that everyone else saw. Like, there wasn't – it wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe tomorrow there'll be another another shot of it where we see a better angle. No, it was – it was a perfect angle to see right away. I don't understand why they couldn't they couldn't see fault in that. And then Sam Bennett goes on to score again in the third period. You know, I'm I'm the game's out of hand at that point, but you know, maybe maybe this game isn't. And then the guy who gets away scot free has a, a two goal night, like has a tremendous night for for fucking Florida. And he just gets to sit at home for three games after that. I, th- I think it's just kind of – I think it's bullshit. You got a team like Montreal who's desperately trying, trying, you know, to hold their own in this in this, in this this league right now. Uh, and a guy takes a shot like that in a game where – I'm not going to say we could have won, but it, it's, a, it's a fucking division game. It's a big game to us. It's got a lot of young members in that team. And then, and then at the same time, you got all these young members. Sam Bennett lays a hit like that. You know, now you're you're endangering all of your young players by the refs not taking accountability for it. Because now what? 
you're going to expect one of these youth guys are going to try to stand up. You know, thank God we got Paquette. But, I mean, dude, Cam Hillis, first first game, is he going to answer the bell for, for Sam Bennett? No, it, it's an accountability issue with the refs. If the refs would have made the right call, they go on the power play, it kind of, you know, settles down, you know, the, the bad tension in the air. It gives the opportunity for Montreal to cool off and get their heads back in the game. Instead, I'm worried that, you know, one of these young guns goes out and tries to do something a little ahead of themselves and gets fucking, you know, ruins that career. Granted, thank God that didn't happen for us. But like you said, refs, refs can make mistakes. The refs aren't held accountable for glaring mistakes. They have no incentive to improve, to fix them. Like how, how are there no like real fines to them? I'm not, don't even think a fine, but just demotions, promotions, maybe to Mm -hmm. the HL, NHL, stuff like that. Like, I think NHL referees need to be held accountable and there should be, I should, there should never be a moment where you look at a game sheet, see the ref and go off. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to lie because there are a lot. There's a few guys. Yeah. Tim Peel. Yeah. There's some guys you go off. Fuck. Like, and I, mean, I know that this doesn't really fix anything, but I mean, I would love to see a ref like shitty, not shitty refs, just all refs have to fucking do a press conference after every fucking game. You know, granted, that's not going to it's not going to make justice. But I mean, the fucking media saw it, you know, like you don't think the media, the media members ask the players the most asinine fucking questions. You don't think a media member is going to be like, hey, how, how did y'all fucking miss that? You know, and then left let the ref try to fumble fuck his words into why you know they didn't believe it was it was what it is. Let me understand the brain of the ref as to why this happened or why we didn't receive well, it's anything. Definitely, it's definitely this. an interesting idea. I think it's something the league. I don't know if the league's done it in the past. I know I've heard that brought up before. It'd be interesting to kind of see. Like I'd love know, to see it. It's like get get in the mind of a ref, like. Why did you because I mean the media isn't gonna fucking sugarcoat? They'd be like, why did you let them win? Why did you blow the you know that call that you made blew the game? You know that, but that I think the you- other the my issue with that is that yeah, the media's gonna do that and the media fucking sucks. Like they're gonna do shit like that, it's gonna get annoying, mm-hmm. you know. So I think there's but annoy the refs be- as much as we're being annoyed by the refs. That's all I guess I'm being petty. I guess what <laughs> just my main issue is that. The NHL, for the majority of its existence, has operated under a one one referee, two linesman, you know, system. Mm-hmm. They've now have two officials, and somehow, it's still an issue, and it shouldn't be. You've got half the ice to cover. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I used to ref, I used to ref soccer when I was playing, as well. And you make, you know, especially on a field that big, you miss shit. It happens. But for the most part, you just have to, like, you know, when something glaringly goes against the rule book, doesn't you you call it. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you feel. You call it. And in soccer especially, I think that's something they do much better they just call the rule book 
how it is. Whereas the NHL is kind of open to interpretation. And I think that's something we talk about a lot. And I think it's kind of an issue. Whereas we need stuff really set in stone so that there isn't any, so that you don't have to have the explain the ref explain his thoughts in an interview after the game. Because the rules should be so clear that we know exactly why he made that call. Mm-hmm. It should never should never be a judgment <laughs> call. Apologize for that. Well, while Mason checks his phone, we have an ad read by our, our buddies over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 05, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But yeah, Mason, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe if, if, uh, if we can find a way to just hold them more accountable, we wouldn't need something as petty as letting the media ask them the, the questions that we want to ask them. Um, I guess moving on, um, it's just tough. We, we really not – we're going to figure out what we're going to talk about next week for you guys. But uh, I figured before we get up out of here, we mentioned um, the Winter Classic. Uh, it was on New Year's Day. Um, first off, we didn't we didn't bring it up. Hope you had a good New Year's, everybody. You too, Mason. I don't know what you did. Um, I don't, do y'all celebrate New Year's in Canada? Y'all pop fireworks and stuff? That is the most – ignorant american question i think you've asked me on this podcast maybe so do we celebrate new years well i mean like 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 well well when we're sitting to the extent our igloos don't have great satellite connection (laughs) but we do try to keep track with the stars that's sick we we ride our moose out there yeah of course we celebrate new years well, I meant I meant to like the extent of like Southern America. I don't know. I every year, Times Square, New Year's, watch the ball <laughs> drop, all that bullshit. There's a there's a Niagara Falls one. Oh, that's sick. But like, no one watches it. That's a shame because I've never watched the new the New York ball drop. You never ever. watched it? Not a day in my life. The South. Everyone goes outside and gets fucking shit faced and pops like oh like the shit face the okay watch actually watching the ball drop mm-hmm. has been something in my youth like child childhood mm-hmm. but yeah obviously now things are a little different yeah dude uh our our new neighbors in the new house um my neighbor is a is a 
40, maybe in his 50s now, a OG DJ. Uh, the man played the hits. Um, popular songs like Hood Rat Chick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from uh, from like 2003's Little like, John era. Like- yeah 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 that one yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um just great real southern southern fucking great songs had heard chattahoota chattahoochee came on uh what a great what a great song um but to make it better is they hosted karaoke on their front lawn from 2 p.m to 3 a.m and i know because I checked my fucking phone as soon as I heard him come over the fucking intercom and say, y'all ready to party? And like, it sounded like 40 people all celebrated. And my wife was like in the kitchen was like, I'm in the other room. Like, what the fuck was that? And then all of a sudden it started and it didn't stop till fucking 3 a.m. Mind you, I had to be at the fucking Superdome for the next game. Uh <laughs> At like fucking at like six in the morning. That sounds <laughs> so fucking infuriating. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> if I didn't work, I would have enjoyed it. I had like a cordial um the other day and had like two pops. <sighs> went to bed and then my wife woke me up for uh 12 o'clock, went outside because apparently this neighborhood uh likes to swing their dick. And there's a couple of guys that make money on this on this block that likes to show off and try to be the best fireworks of the neighborhood. So we got like three houses like against each other. So I'd say all in all, they probably spent like a total of like fifteen thousand dollars on fireworks just on this block. Jesus Christ. So like my fucking cats are like it's like Vietnam fucking flashbacks going on. <laughs> the entire neighborhood's lit up. The fucking car alarms are going off. It was it was a really good. It was a really good showing. Um, just unfortunately, as soon as it was over, I kissed my wife and I had to immediately go back to bed. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for my dumb question. It's just the way that South, you know, Southern Louisiana does New Year's is, is a lot more different than I would guess anywhere else. No, uh, we do New Year's the exact same here. You know, who- I'll get to that. Actually, I have two things. Uh, I guess my New Year's was pretty substandard, though. COVID lockdown restrictions are bigger in Ontario now. The capacity is 10. Mm-hmm. So I hung out with 10 of my buddies uh, or like a group of 10 at one of my buddies' houses. You know, just fucking played beer pong, shot the shit, drank. I haven't seen these a lot of these guys since high school. Right. So that was, it was pretty cool. Catch up. I uh, naked mild my girlfriend and another buddy with my best friend the fuck so is that, that? Was, that was that was a fucking highlight the naked what is that? mile yeah you ever played beer pong yeah naked mile is like you sweep them and they don't get a cup oh lord you gotta uh, run and run run a naked mile jesus um i had a game where we won like that me and my buddy glenn were playing at my buddy jesse's party back in the day and uh first shot of the game um he threw his he threw his ball and I waited like two seconds and tried to chase it and landed <laughs> right in the right right in the same cups. And I don't know if I don't know what that means for y'all, but if if the ball lands in the same fucking cup 
that's fucking game. Like that's that is that game. is game. That is game. That is the naked model. Like we do we do same cup and it's like four. Oh. It's like it's like most of the board. Right. I don't I know. Think, everyone everyone has us, a different yeah. way of playing beer pong. Like it has to be the first shot of the game. Oh, okay. First shot of the game. The ball's going the same cup. That's it. You know. Yeah, there's oh. There's I beer pong's like I don't know what do you like everyone's got their own little recipe. Oh, yeah. House rules, house rules, man. Yeah, yeah. And what my <laughs> what I was gonna say though, yeah, Canada celebrates uh, New Year's the same way, but who fucking goes hard on New Year's are the Russians. Oh, I bet the Russians, the Ukrainians, all those Eastern Europeans, and if that doesn't, you know show by those russian junior teams getting kicked off the well smoking darts <laughs> that's fucking horrible oh my like what that should be so embar- embarrassing <laughs> if you guys didn't hear apparently the russian world junior team got kicked off their plane because they were refusing to wear masks and they were like blasting like and this was like commercial like it's not a private jet like blasting this music a, on speakers. This is WJC. That's no fucking that's no yeah. PJs. <laughs> Hacking darts too on the like, and like it wasn't just the players. Coaching staff apparently was like, the most- and I'm sure they were pretending like they didn't understand the English either. You know, like they just <laughs> like it's the most Russian. And I learned that Russians and Ukrainians, and I'm sure other, um. Slavic uh, peoples do party hard on New Year's, but I learned this from my roommate who's Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And I guess they really don't celebrate Christmas, but New Year's for them isn't a day. It's like a fucking week long. Every night they go out till the sun comes up. They spend That's the right. rest of the day fucking sleeping. Yeah. So someday got to try a New Year's out in Russia because those guys, you know, if they're getting thrown off the fucking West Jet, I want to know what they're doing New Year's Eve. Absolutely. That sounds sick. You should you should totally get cool with your roommate and just uh try to try to get a day in the life experience of, of New Year's next year. A day in the <laughs> life with a Ukrainian. <laughs> but yeah, man. So uh the following day we had the winter classics. Don't know if you got to watch any of it. Um, uh, I just don't care for them anymore. Really? Well, check this out. People can't see it, uh, but you can. Let's see, I'm <laughs> fucking got this bad boy. Oh, the Winter in. Classic, 2000. What? 16 Winter Classic. 15. I think it's 15. 14. I think it's 14. No, 15, 14 15. was. It wasn't 14. I think 14 was like Pittsburgh and somebody. Whatever. Well, um, but yeah, it's the it's the white globe. Canada Canadians versus Bruins one. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a Reebok. And oh my god, I wish we would go back to Reebok. It fits so good. Um the sleeves aren't like ridiculously long either. Um it's just a really good fitting jersey that that's got a little like I'm wearing a 2X. Um and yeah, I'm 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 a big person, but I can't really fit in a 2X. I could barely fit in a 3X Adidas. They run so slim, like it just sticks to my body. And this thing's 
it's got so much room to breathe. I'm in love with it. Um, it's a blank, so I'm gonna buy a uh, I'm gonna buy a plate kit and put on. Uh, I don't know. We talked about this the other day. I'm gonna figure out who I want to put on it that played in that game. Um, pretty excited. I'm thinking like a fucking Kostitsin. A Kostitsin. I don't think they even played in that game. No, it'd just be hilarious. Sergey Kostitsin. I think I think the most hilarious jersey I own. I have a Pittsburgh Ilya Bryce. Uh, Brisgolov jersey. You had a and Pittsburgh Brisgolov. Not, not Pittsburgh. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, a Philly. Oh. I have a Philly one, and I remember uh, when I was working at Turtle Bay in the city. I was like 20, 22, 23 years old. I go in the bar next to it called the Abbey. The Abbey's very famous. Um, it's a bar where you see a lot of guys with battle vests. Um, punk bar. You know, a lot of a lot of fights used to happen out in front of it. I used to love that place. And I remember I went in there after work. And this dude turned around and he was like, is that an Ilya Bryce Golov jersey? Are you fucking shitting me? And it got <laughs> so fucking angry because it was during the era of like him just fucking on teams, you know? <laughs> just, just, Why do you have to be mad? Yeah, it's, it's a game. <laughs> it's the just uni- a game. The universe is so humongous big, you know? Yeah, uh, apparently that guy was from up north, and I'm sure uh, Brasgalov either fucked him over when he was really good or fucked him over when he just lost his mind. <laughs> so he was very upset about the fucking jersey. And I well, was just why, wait, what do you mean? He, what do you mean he fucked him over? Like, like he knew Brasgalov? No, 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 personally? no, no. I mean, like, probably like oh. he played his team during the era where like Brasgalov was like an elite goaltender. Or he played for his team in the era where he was like, he accepted a lot of big money and it just turned yeah. into like this uh, fucking, you know, tinfoil hat wearing <laughs> lunatic. The Russians, man. Oh, man. But look, dude, I know you don't, like you said, you don't care for him. Um, I thought this one was really good. Um, you know, I had to watch it during the uh, Sugar Bowl, which was perfectly fine to me. Um, I moved a lot of kegs, but when I was able to watch it, it was really good. It was a high-scoring game, 10 10 goals total. Um, It is the second coldest sport, uh, professional sport game played, um, I guess, in the North America side. I'm sure there's colder ones uh, over in Europe. It got to negative 10 degrees, the coldest game in North American sporting history is negative – yeah, got down to negative 10 in Minnesota. Uh, I think at puck drop, it was at negative six or negative eight. Uh, coldest- I, Go ahead. I Sorry, I refuse no, to believe that in the fucking 1940s or like early 1920s when they were playing outside, mm-hmm. there's no way it never got colder. What, never? They, my- never they never registered it. I guess... <sighs> But no, absolutely. It was it was definitely been colder. It's definitely been colder for a professional game. Um, because I mean there was there was places in Minnesota that were like negative like negative 30. What an arbitrary stat line, too. Oh, they, they were throwing it up there because the, the so, second the not the cold the second coldest game in North America. Well, it's the <laughs> it, it's it's the coldest game in the NHL history. That has been recorded. It is the second coldest in sports. the The first is uh, 
negative 13 degrees. It was the ice bowl. I think it's what it's called. It was um, oh, Buffalo. Was it Buffalo? Buffalo, Buffalo, New Buffalo England. And, no, I think it's uh, the Cowboys and the Packers. I think. Was oh, it. maybe. Um, yeah. Where it was like an absolute fucking blizzard, um, which was a sick game. Uh, the highlights for it. As a kid, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but coldest game, the coldest go- game in the NHL. I think the the last one that would be in second place now is back in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but a good game. Um, the jerseys grew on me. I really liked Minnesota's and uh, with like the full kit. They had like a honey mustard type of uh, pants that they looked like a fucking tree. And I was like, okay, that's cool because everything there was themed like a logging fucking town. Like they came out of the fucking, oh yeah, you've never seen um, Mystery Alaska, even though I've mentioned it on this podcast multiple times. But they, uh, the Minnesota team came out of like a log cabin. Um, and then there was like log, like a log town vibe around like the entirety of the <laughs> twins um, field. Like there was uh, four, I think there was like eight pond hockey little setups. Um, and then there was like a fake tree where like a lumberjack was cutting it and shit like that. It was pretty cool. Like they set the ambience, the ambiance really good. Um, St. Louis's I, jerseys actually look pretty good too. I gotta say, I loved St. Louis's like little get up coming out of the fucking bus. Oh yeah, and the sh- and the shorts and, and yeah, fucking- and people on fuck yeah. This sorry, they came out. If you didn't know, they came out with like beach, like some guys mm-hmm. had towel. Like it was funny, a little corny, but it's you know that's fucking funny. Whatever, have fun with it, right? And these, oh my god, these fucking guys on Twitter going. Well, that's just fucking late. Like, shut it up, man. Can you Dude, like, no, I love it. Can you appreciate anything? Like when Boston <laughs> did their stadium series last year and it's, came up with the 80s funny. Breckenridge fucking snowboarder skier. Yeah, uh, like that's what we want to see in the NHL. And I just, uh pisses me off. People well, complain look, about anything. This is, but- I brought this up to my cousin today about that. All right. So because they came in the shorts, right? In that cold of a weather, um, first off, just so y'all know, if I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all know by now, but um, St. Louis won six to four, um, really fucking put, put the works on Minnesota, and then Minnesota started to climb back. But thanks, Jordan. Oh, <laughs> Robert Thomas, too. I think he had three assists that night. Um, so, so anyway, so. Because they came in shorts, because all of them did it. They all came in shorts and, like, short sleeve button-ups that were open. With them getting that fucking cold wearing that stuff and then putting on a full kit, wouldn't they be warmer than the other team? Because putting that full kit on to them is a lot warmer than they were previously in the shorts. They came out, and granted, both both teams looked, like, real stiff out there in the first period. Um, but they had a significant edge to like, I guess, m- mobility. Do you think that that's something that could have possibly played a difference in that is that they came in freezing their asses off and then put the kits on. They were like, okay, I'm a lot warmer than I was before. Whereas Minnesota came in in regular clothes, cold as fuck, put their kits on. It's about the same amount of material, you know, probably a little less. 
same feel? You know, do you think that's something that could have played a difference in it? Um, speaking from my like as someone whose soccer season used to run into the November, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, the times when it, it, in Canada November can be twelve degrees, and then it can be minus. 12 minus 15 Mm -hmm. it's random um from the few times i've shown up to the field thinking it would be warm in shorts to then find it was not um i'm gonna go ahead and say it had absolutely no (laughs) no fucking effect like okay i would rather show up warm than be cold (laughs) (laughs) just like the cold like i don't think you understand like when it's that cold like minus 10 it just it sucks everything out of you and it's like when you're freezing and you get like i couldn't imagine blocking a shot in a winter classic game that would hurt so fucking much yeah so i i don't think it played anything to do with it honestly like and plus they i they go i'm sure the bus they were on was pretty warm but right Okay. It's it's an interesting. It's definitely a little Eric Angles like Arpon Basso reading too much into it. I think it's an interesting <laughs> theory. I don't think it had anything to do with the win though. Okay, but and just to kind of cover why I'm sick of Winter Classic games, so I don't sound like a total Scrooge. I you just sound think like a over, fucking boomer. <laughs> I just think they're overdone. Like they were really cool when the NHL first started doing them because they were interesting. They were niche. Like no one else was doing that and they were neat, but now it's just the same thing. And it's like, they award them to the most random team. Like how many has St. Louis had now in a row? Like it feels like they've been in a lot lately. Well, see what, what I don't like. It's not that I don't like it, but it's like, it's not just a winter classic anymore. It's the winter classic. And then there's two stadium series and then it's a heritage classic, you know? So we're getting a lot of outdoor games, which That's I, I, mean, I don't have a problem with, but it's the same teams, the redundancy of the same teams. Uh, Chicago has been in like fucking 15 of them. Um, I'm going to look that, I'm going to look that stat up for you though. But like, like Montreal, Montreal hasn't been in one since 2015. And well, no, they, uh, th- I think they were in what the Heritage Classic against Ottawa was that 2017, where we just absolutely shit the bed. Um, Montreal didn't they played outdoor mm-hmm. against? Yeah, it was it was the a, a very bland because we were the away jerseys. It was a very bland. Really? Yeah. Because we got skull drags. I don't even. Remember. Anyway, it's not you know <laughs> not important. I think what I'm trying to say is that. Oh, yes, that was the Mike Condon game. No, 2017. Yeah, Mike Mike Condon was fucking in net for the Montreal Canadiens in the Winter Classic. I remember that. He did that in 2016. Then the following year, 2017, the NHL 100, um, whatever I said before, the the Heritage Classic was Montreal Canadiens versus Ottawa Senators. We lost 3-0. Game-winning goal was Jean-Gabriel as you. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, to get to my point, um, I just think it's overdone, and I say that because they don't do anything different with it, and mm-hmm. it's not special. 
If they had the Olympics every year, no one would care about them. Right? It's the fact that the Olympics have in every four years that's interesting. And I think it was the rarity of the Winter Classic that made it interesting. Mm-hmm. What The other thing is, fucking NHL had other games on during the Winter Classic. Yeah, which... The, the Leafs played a game. Great, great way to if, market the fucking. That, <laughs> the fucking if the Habs, if the Habs were playing a game, I don't care how shit the Habs are. If they're playing a game, and a Winter Classic's on at the same time, I'm not watching the Winter Classic. And mm-hmm. I guarantee most Leafs fans didn't tune into that Winter Classic game. Did you not see the fucking picture? What was the picture? There was like no one in the stands, obviously. Uh, and it was just someone took a picture of the stupid fucking bear mascot for Toronto and then did a side by side of like the 60,000 people at the Winter Classic. And it was like these games are on at the exact same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's just peak. It's fucking. It, it's terrible NHL. marketing. It, it, the the it's marketing. The most person. NHL thing. Most NHL thing ever. But I think we've dragged this episode on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Unless you have anything else to add. Um, no, Chicago has made the most appearances on outdoor games with six. Uh, that's oh, yeah? It. Yeah. We'll talk more about my, my love of Winter Classic next episode. But yeah, why don't, you ta- why don't you take us out, bud? All right. Thank you guys for uh, some by listening today. Uh, Wednesday episode, we'll keep it kind of brief. Uh, this is the Monday episode. <laughs> Oh, it is the Monday episode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so sorry. My internal clock is fucked right now. If you can't tell, I got a lot on my mind. Uh, yeah, thank you for stopping by. Uh, listening to us, you know, ramble on. No, apparently have no idea when the date is. We really appreciate all the support. <laughs> um, and we'll talk to you guys on when uh, Thursday, I guess, for our Wednesday recording. Correct. Good job, Mason. This has been Hams and Thank you all so much for listening. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.